Hi, I'm here to introduce Nicole Wayne, an acupuncturist and intuitive healer in the Seattle area. As an intuitive, she is able to balance the human energy system and relieve symptoms of disease by combining acupuncture and Reiki. It is her greatest pleasure to help you understand your body, empower you in the process of healing, and help you return to a state of ease. Her website is NicoleWayne.com. That's Wayne without the Y. She can also be reached by phone at 206-979-6937. Thank you and have a beautiful day. Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse in a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. And welcome to the Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle. I'm home from Boulder. Just want to give a big shout out and thank you to Sounds True. You treated me so very kindly. I had a wonderful time meeting as many staff members as I possibly could. And of course, Tammy Simon, that was wonderful. And uh, worked really hard for about a week and rested for about four days and flew home a couple days ago. Happy to be back in Seattle. Although I must admit, Eric, the temperature change is a little drastic. 100 mm-hmm. degrees in Boulder. And Welcome back, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. And what are we at right now in Seattle? Uh, you know, I'll have to check on that. I That's believe okay. we're in the 60s. Yeah. But, you know, yesterday was just yesterday absolutely gorgeous. It was so. gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. You know, we need a day to cool off after that, okay. right? <laughs> I love your optimism. I think I have the optimism in the fall and the winter, and you have it in the summer. I just love it. It's fantastic because really it kind of rains year-round here in the Seattle area, which, of course, usually we like it, but sometimes we don't. Right, 58 degrees, by 58 the way. 58 <laughs> degrees, that's what I would have predicted, somewhere in the 50s. So it's great to be home, back in the studio, behind the mic, and it's Thursday, so I get to interview someone, which is so much fun, because mm-hmm. we look around for people that we like to interview, and publicists send us books, and authors seek us out, so it's really fun experience to read books and determine what we who we want to have on the show and so luckily today we are going to be interviewing Dr. S- Dr. Seth Myers. Um, oh, and he's very funny on Saturday night live. <laughs> no, he's not. He oh, is? Th- that must be a different Seth, <laughs> Seth Myers. Then. Well, we'll find out then, okay. won't we? Because maybe you know something I don't. And he's the author of Dr. Seth's Love Prescription: Overcome Relationship re- re- oh, I can't even say that word right now. I'm so sorry. Dr. Seth, are you there? Hello. Hang on. Now we got Dr. Seth. There we are. Hi, Dr. Seth. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Welcome. And you're in sunny L.A. Yes. 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 So I'm holding your your beautiful book, Overcome Relationship, Repetition, Syndrome, and Find the Love You Deserve. It's actually quite, it's very, very good book. In fact, um, and I'll talk more about you and your skills and your techniques and all of those things. But when I was reading the intro about all the patterns, I thought, I think I had every single one of those when I got married. Really? And it, it took me a decade to work through each one. And then, you know, it took me another decade to have the ahas <laughs> regarding them before I could finally leave the relationship. But you haven't always specialized in relationships. Isn't that true? Or ha- has that always been a dream of yours? Well, a lot of my training uh, was in hospitals. So I learned to treat, you know, all kinds of serious mental disorders. And um, and I in my early um Career, I ended up doing a lot of addiction work, running, uh, running uh, groups, um, actually on Skid Row in Los Angeles with wow. homeless individuals, trying to help them with different addictions that they had, 
And one of the things that I realized um, is that one of the common denominators that, that, you know, is about what people suffer from has to do with their relationships. So any number of problems that you may have, mm. if you look at the root of it, it's probably affecting their relationships, often wow. their romantic relationships. I think that's very insightful of you, you know, as you're dealing with mentally ill patients and, and of course, the wonderful work you did in Skid Row. Thank you for doing that. I so appreciate it. You've worked in locked units and mental hospitals, and that takes a lot of patience and creativity as well, you know, working with patients like that. Um, And and so you have your your licensed clinical psychologist who practice in L.A., and you, um, you have helped people with relationships, of course, issues, anxiety, depression, addiction, and other mental disorders. In fact, you like the 12-step program as well. You have found that effective with patients. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I, use, I use parts of the 12-step program in my book because, you know, the 12-step, the 12 steps, there are some parts of those, that program that can apply and be helpful to anybody suffering from almost any kind of problem. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. And you did your training in psychology at Vassar College, and then you got your doctorate degree in New York City. Yes. That's lovely. That's absolutely lovely. And so how long have you been in practice? I've been in practice about eight years now. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And so then what drove you to write this very good book, by the way? Like I said, I unfortunately had every pattern (laughs) um, that, you know, some probably more than others, uh, at least in my first long-term relationship. What drove you to want to write this book? Well, the, the reason that, that, I, that I decided on this topic, which is, you know, about relationship repetition, basically people going for the same kinds of people that aren't good for them time and time again. So a lot of times you will know, I know this person isn't good for me, but I keep going back to them. Um, I keep seeking the same kind of person out. And so I really found a lot of people sitting on the couch in my office, um, you know, repeating the same kinds of patterns over and over. And it was almost, it occurred to me, it's almost like a form of OCD. Mm. It's almost like a form of relationship OCD. And so I started putting this idea together and, um, and using these techniques with, uh, with my clients, and they found them really helpful. So I figured, let's put it in a book. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's really wise, actually. And as you go through the book, as you take your readers through a process of first identifying what some of their repetition could be, um, which I found, again, very interesting. And then you help them to be to gain insights on it through stories of some of your patients. Yeah. Yeah, and I always love stories. I love it when authors use stories because people can relate to them. Even if it's not personal, they may think, oh, that reminds me of what my sister went through or cousin Harry or, you know, things like that. And it makes it easier for us to um, understand how it could relate to ourselves. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, And what I also found interesting about some of the stories is that you could see right away what the pattern was. It was pretty obvious, um, yet it was hard for the person, and that's what makes it challenging for us is we can't sense the pattern that we tend to repeat over and over and over again. Yeah, you know, that's such an interesting point that you're making because that's exactly how people who have this syndrome talk about it. They say, I I keep going to the same kind of person, but I don't know why. They keep doing it, but it's, it's confusing to them. So it's almost like this mystery Mm-hmm. Why do they keep doing it? They don't know, but they feel compelled to do it. Um, now, interestingly, the people around them, the friends and the family, they uh, are more objective, and they can see exactly what's going on. They can see, um, you know, their loved one out on the uh, going out with so and so, and knowing this too is going to end. I can tell he's got all the wrong signs. 
you know. Wow. I know. It Wouldn't it be nice if we actually listened to our friends around us because they can actually. <laughs> no, or even children, like when I was dating when my kids were younger, they knew right away. Um, Yeah, not that guy. <laughs> it was quite cute. So in yeah. pattern number one, you have realizing the external. And uh, your audience seems to, seems to be more female related um, when I look at the book. But of course, it could uh, relate to men as well. Absolutely. And we tend to think that men are more external in their process of picking a mate. But through reading this chapter, it's quite clear that women, unfortunately, also succumb to the outside, external things versus inside things. Yeah, well, you know, there, there are four main patterns that I find, um, that I find are, are the problem. And, and if you're somebody that, that repeats these kinds of patterns, usually you're going to find yourself in one of these. And the first one is about um, focusing on the external so focusing on the external characteristics of a person. Now, what happens with a lot of women is uh, they will they will basically focus on a characteristic in the man that really is not going to make them happy, but at the time they, they think that it will be enough to make them happy. So mm. if you are focusing on the external, you tend to be attracted to the same kind of physical type of man. Let's say it's always the same ethnicity. He tends to have, let's say, the same hair color or be in exactly the same age range, Mm, right? Right. So there's the physical uh, characteristics, or some women also end up focusing on men who have the same kind of professional status. Mm. So they only go for, um, let's say, musicians. And they feel like, God, why are all my boyfriends flakes? Or they don't have enough structure in their <laughs> lives or whatever. Well, it's because they're musicians. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, so it works itself out either in, it, in getting stuck repeating with a certain physical characteristic or a professional characteristic. And don't you think that's hard to convince your patients? And, of course, I don't know, but I'm just assuming it might be hard to get them to get out of that particular pattern. It, it, it's hard until week after week you you keep saying to them the same thing, which is, is the way you're approaching relationships working for you? Mm-hmm. And they know the answer is no. Right. And so I say it's time to try something different. I was look, reading one of the patterns in the external about women who are financially comfortable choosing partners who aren't. You know, um, right. Yeah, I thought, and I actually know someone who does that. And it's always been an issue in their relationship where that person can't be as flexible as she can because of the lack of resources. Right, right. Money. So you're talking about having money and and power, right, Right. in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. It's a big issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found it very, very fascinating. So we are live here today in Seattle talking with Dr. Seth, the author of Love Prescription, Overcome Relationship I keep you have to help me out with that word. It's, it's stumbling in my mouth, Doctor Zeth. <laughs> Repetition syndrome and find the love you deserve. It's a very, very good, wonderful book. I love it. We already have callers on the air, but we're going to go ahead and take a break here, and maybe Eric will repeat the phone number so we can even have more people ask Doctor Seth. It's a great opportunity to have a clinical psychologist who specializes in relationship to answer some of your questions. It's actually quite a blessing, and we'll be right back with Doctor Seth. Join Marie once a quarter in 2011 for her new Thursday evening class, Stepping into Consciousness. This two-hour-long seminar will teach you how to positively live in this reality and how to reawaken yourself from the dreamlike state 
where most of us humans reside. Come interact with like-minded people and you may even receive a mini reading. Upcoming Stepping Into Consciousness classes will be held on August 18th and October 20th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. There's an exciting new Astrology Hour, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading Tuesdays at 5 p.m. and visit Deborah's website at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. Manson Mitchell, Saturday mornings at 10. Good gab, great guest. It's all about the art of dynamic living, shared by celebrated people from all walks of life, many with a claim to fame. Then at 11, the Gary Mance Show, two hours of mastery and mystery from transformational teachers that show you how to get to where you want to go in life to lively discussions of the world's most perplexing paranormal phenomena. That's Manson Mitchell, Saturday mornings at 10, followed by the Gary Mance Show at 11 Pacific on Alternative Talk, 1150. Have you ever wondered who you were in a past life? Or what you did exactly? How your life even ended? Did you know that your past lives play a pivotal role in who you are today? Come learn about your past lives at my Past Life Integration Workshop, Saturday, July 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott on Lake Union. All of these situations don't have to replay in your current lifetime. During this day-long interactive workshop, I will share my interpretation of your past lives and offer healing techniques to serve as a catalyst for positive change in this lifetime. Sign up online at energyintuitive.com or call my office at 425-825-5671 to register. See you there. Ahead of the talk radio curve, naturally. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle. It's fun to be back in the studio. I've been in Boulder for about 11 days in hot weather, walking around in shorts, climbing mountains, and working really hard in a studio recording um, my six CD series on spirit guides. Very fun. And now I'm back in interviewing on a lovely kind of rainy day here in Seattle. And we have Dr. Seth, the author of Love Prescription, a really great book to help you stop those patterns that you're repeating over and over again, wondering why you never meet the person of your life, and how to create that loving and lasting relationship. Dr. Seth has also been, um, has appeared on Good Morning America and numerous radio shows, contributes regularly to Cosmopolitan Magazine, and has his own blog at www.drsethblogspot.com. Very exciting, Dr. Seth. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Marie. Thanks for having me. Sure. It's wonderful to have you. And we have callers on the line. So who do we have, Eric? We do. Before we go to those callers, I do want to give out the phone numbers so people can call into the show if they like today. Because as you say, you're back. You're live here on the... 7th of July. Yeah, I, I just had a check. No, we switched from June. <laughs> I'm to all ju- thrown off because of the holiday <laughs> this week. But uh, again, uh, yeah. you can call in at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527 or toll free 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. And now online is Jennifer calling from Seattle. Hi, Jennifer. 
Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. You have a question uh, for Dr. Seth? Yes. Well, um, I seem to be meeting people that don't that that um, don't know how to express their emotions, and it's just really frustrating because I get the sense that they're interested, but then they just—it's just a really. I'm just in a place where I'm not sure about reading another person. Do you have some advice for Jennifer, Dr. Seth? Yeah, well, I guess I have a follow-up question. When you say uh, they're not, they don't seem to be expressing themselves, do you mean that they're not being um, direct in expressing their interest in you? Well, no, they're, they're, um, they will indicate, well, I mean, it's just like they'll indicate their interest and then, and then it'll be different the next time I see them and then different again the next time and, Mm. Okay, so they're inconsistent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you're thinking to yourself, hey, I notice they're going in and out, they're being inconsistent, obviously you don't like this. What do you do about it? Um, I've tried different things, but I'm just, I, it seems to be something that I've um, encountered with different people. Okay. When this happens with a man, are you are you bringing the issue up with him in um, in the moment in a direct way, so that the two of you can talk about it? I have tried that. Yeah. Okay, and it it sounds like it's not really working. Right. Right. Okay. So, what you want to do early on in the dating process when you're getting a sense that a man you're talking to is not going to be able to meet your needs. He is not basically being the guy that you want him to be. Uh, What do you think is the best thing to do? What is the best course of action, do you think, Jennifer, at that point? To end it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To walk away, to close the door, to wash your hands of it, and um, start looking for the next guy who is going to meet your needs. Because sitting around and wishing that he can change or wondering if there's something that you're doing that's making him like that is just going to make you crazy. Now, the truth is there are plenty of men out there who are expressive, who are emotionally available. And um, in order to meet them, you need to close the door with each one of these guys who's not like that. Okay. And is that something that she could figure out pretty early in the dating experience, because I have, I think, and I, I think that this is what you're alluding to, because it might fall under that emotional um, chasing or emotional feeling energy. I'm not sure. You know, you're the expert, yes, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, and that um, that it's hard to walk away. It's hard to disengage. Is that true? It, here's the thing. Here's mm-hmm. the thing, Marie. Yes, it's hard to disengage um, when you're not getting what you want if you don't believe that it's possible that you can get it. So in other words, it all has to do with deep down, do you believe that you do deserve something better, and do you believe that something better is out there? If you check yes, then you will move on and you will go look for him. But if you let yourself, if you let that sort of that dangerous voice in the back of your head saying, maybe you better hang on to this one, um, because there are so many men out there who are just the same, that is a very devil-like voice that is going to lead you to unhappiness. Mm. Does that make sense, Jennifer? Yes. Yes, it really does. So what can she do to convince herself that there is that incredible relationship for her out there in the world? 
Well, one technique that a lot of my clients find very useful that I think is helpful with this is when you're trying to convince yourself of something that um, you're not quite fully convinced of yet, try techniques like um, talking to yourself in the mirror. Actually, go into the bathroom where you've got a mirror. Talk to yourself as if you're as if you're someone else, and call yourself by name and say, "Listen, I want you to know there is there is hope for you, that you will find somebody, and there are going to be times when it is difficult." But um, you've got to sit through those moments, and you've got to have some faith. Yeah, I love mirror work. I think it is a huge transformational tool. So thank you so much for bringing it up. So Jennifer, yeah, thank you. You think you'll be able to go look in the mirror and give yourself a great pep talk? Yes, thank you so much. Yay! Oh, (laughs) thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Eric, who else do we have? Our next caller is... Danny calling from Spokane. Great. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you. Do you have a question for Dr. Seth? Yes. Um, so I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for like three and a half years. And we recently had, um, well, I had a conversation with him because I was feeling emotionally disconnected about things. And um, I wanted kind of a deeper, more connected relationship. And he was kind of like, well, maybe this um, this relationship has um, kind of panned out, and we need to move in separate in separate directions, um, and maybe we've just grown apart. But there's part of me that I don't want to let go of it, <laughs> and there's part of me that wonders if I really do need to go be with tons of other people mm-hmm. to to figure out my stuff out. Can't I just be? reflect on the relationship with him and, and and be able to grow and learn and still be with the same person. Well, you know, first of all, Danny, I'm sorry that, that you know, this is this is not a great place that you're in right now. I mean, that, that has to be really upsetting when the guy that you've invested three and a half years with yeah. is saying this to you, right? Yeah. I mean, that just sucks and there's no way around that. But here's what I hear you saying. I don't like what he said, and so I am. I don't want to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like it, so I don't want to accept it. And I want to stay and try to work it out so that I can change his answer. But he's 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 given you his answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can what hear your hesitation. Mind, <laughs> <laughs> what if he changes his mind? <laughs> yes. Well, you know what the problem with that is. It puts you in a position where you are dependent upon him for your happiness. He has the power to decide if you're going to be happy or unhappy, and that is a very dangerous place to live. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I still still feel happy, even though we're not really together at the moment. Like, I still am feeling happy. But Um, I I would question why that is, because, you know, the truth is, if, if someone that you've invested three and a half years in is telling you, I think the relationship may have run its course, um, the natural reaction is to be unhappy, to say, you know, wow, this makes me feel very disappointed, this makes me feel sad and depressed, and then to move on from it. But it sounds like you're trying to skip the feeling part. Well, I did. I did feel really, really sad and depressed for like a couple of days. I mean, I think I kind of went through the process of it, and 
And I mean, I did, I did go through those feelings. Okay, but that's really quick for you then to end up at the place where you're still wanting to work on it. Mm. Because if it's somebody that you're truly supposed to be with, he's not going to he's not going to be conflicted or ambivalent about being with you. That guy is going to mm-hmm. say to you, "No, I want to be with you. You're the one. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm committed." You know what yeah. I mean? So you don't want to get in a position where you are sort of emotionally chasing him and hoping that um, he's going to come around and see that you're as valuable as you are. Okay. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so, so what homework assignment do you yeah. have for Danny? Well, what I would do is I would have a conversation with him, and I would be very honest, and I would say, I have to let you know about an epiphany that I've just had, that I have been waiting here, hoping that you will come around, trying to believe that this relationship may have a chance. But now I'm choosing to listen to you. When you say it's not going to work, I'm going to believe you. And I just need you to know that I'm doing the work to move on. You don't just say it for him to hear. You say it also for yourself to hear it. Okay. (laughs) That is one of the critical points of change. Hearing yourself say out loud what is a little difficult to say. Yeah, that's going to be a little difficult. Yeah, I could actually hear it in your voice. You know, Dr. Seth gives you, I think, an Mm -hmm. excellent exercise. And then you start to actually feel some of that sorrow, you know, that's connected to Mm -hmm. a three and a half year relationship ending. You know, Mm -hmm. then it starts to rush in. Yeah. Well, and Dr. Seth, don't you think that really this is a blessing? Because if he doesn't want to be in the relationship, then it's perfect for her not to be in this relationship and to move on to something that's more productive. Absolutely. You know, this is one of the really, this is one of the the periods in life that separates um, children from adults, because what a child would do is say, no, but I want it. And they have the tantrum and they don't want to accept it. But the difference between adults and children is that adults have to accept things that they don't like to hear. Mm. And so there will be a period, but there will be a period, Danny, where, um, you are questioning yourself, and you may feel alone, and you may feel lonely, but that's a part of growing and evolving as an adult, where you say, I am going to have faith that this shall pass one day. If I sit through it now, in the long term, this will pass and will bring me to a better place. Okay. And we wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Thank really. you so much. <laughs> yeah, have a great day. Thank Bye, you. Danny. Bye. So when I look at, and the last two callers were perfect, they were right in that second category of emotional chasers. You're right. They were so good. And so um, in the the book, in that chapter, you talk about some identifying qualities of emotional chasers. And I'm sure many people listening can relate to this, that some relationship that they've had at some point often feels less worthy than their partner, as if their partner were more interesting or desirable. And that's fascinating, that a person would bank on that versus having someone feel that way about them as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people who people who uh, do what I call emotional chasing, you know, they also often end up with people that aren't as committed to the relationship as they are. So it's like these people will make excuses. They'll put off the date that they're planning to move in together, or they'll push back the, the time of the wedding or the time of the engagement. You know, but that's how the emotional chaser feels in their relationships. They feel constantly put off. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, that's it's a, a terrible feeling. It's it, a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. And also emotional chasers tend to also be attracted to those who are not loyal in partnership. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, that's, that's, that's one of the most common things is, you know, these, these the partners of the emotional chaser, they're, they're, they can be unfaithful, they can uh, cheat, they can have um, kind of online social relationships with people <laughs> they're attracted to, but they can say, oh, no, 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 but nothing ever happened. But they're always keeping the door slightly ajar with a wide number of people. Wow. I, I love what you said, social relationships. That was very kind. That was very kind. And, and in, in the in the book, you talk about one of your patients who literally the day before her wedding, her you know fiance came up and canceled the wedding and admitted he had been unfaithful for a year. Right. Yes. And you know what you find with her and with other people like this, it's it's never just about that one guy they were with because if you look back, there's usually a history. Mm-hmm. So they they've been with somebody else who cheated or they've been with somebody else who said, you know what, I like you, but I, I don't want to just date, you know, just you. I want to, I want to, I want to keep things open for a little while. You know, they've heard this before. It's that repetition again. Wow. That's amazing. Well, we're going to take another break here on the Remanu Cherry Show. We are interviewing today, Dr. Seth's Love Prescription, a wonderful book to help you stop those reoccurring patterns and learn to find the love of your life. And Eric, what phone number can people use to call into the show today? Well, of course, people can reach us at uh, 425-373-5527. Again, that number, 425-373-5527. But if you want to call toll-free from outside the Seattle area, dial us at 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm here to introduce Nicole Wayne, an acupuncturist and intuitive healer in the Seattle area. As an intuitive, she is able to balance the human energy system and relieve symptoms of disease by combining acupuncture and Reiki. It is her greatest pleasure to help you understand your body, empower you in the process of healing, and help you return to a state of ease. Her website is NicoleWayne.com. That's Wayne without the Y. She can also be reached by phone at 206-979-6937. Thank you and have a beautiful day. Become a Reiki master the weekend of September 9th through the 11th at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. You'll learn to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants. Marie will be your instructor, guiding you with her own symbolic sight and providing constructive feedback. Take this opportunity to fulfill your dreams of becoming your very own certified Reiki master. You'll receive attunements that allow you to practice Reiki at the master level and information on the laws that govern professional practice in Washington State. Enrollment is limited. Call 425-825-5671 or visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, for more details. Hi, I'm Lauren Archer. I'm a hypnotherapist that helps people change their energy by changing their mind. And I'm Lorelei Spiegelman, and I am an energy healer who helps people change their mind by changing their energy. Together, we're the Soul Sirens of Seattle, and we invite you to join us on our show, Inner Spirit Medicine, Mondays at 3, right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. To find out more about us, join us at our website at soulsirens.tv. 
Have you been thinking about heading down a healthier path, but aren't quite sure where to begin? Marie has a set of DVDs that can help steer you in the right direction with wisdom, insight, and a dash of humor. The Healing From Within series imparts practical tools you can easily use to expand personal health. Marie collaborated with frequent radio guest and naturopath Dr. Sheila Dunmerritt to produce four DVDs that include detoxification, heart health, brain health, and hormones. The DVD series can be purchased online at energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671. Time for something different. Time for Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We are live here in windy, kind of rainy Seattle. I always bring up the weather because I really want people to look around their own part of the world and get grounded in, in their body, something that humans don't really like to do. They don't like to be in their body. They prefer to be in their minds or And they can either escaping. envy us or feel sorry for us. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So if, if you're, you know, in some really, really hot place and the humidity is insane. You might be dreaming of 50 degrees <laughs> right. and overcast skies. That's perfect. And today we're inter- interviewing Dr. Seth, the author of Love Prescription, The Groundbreaking Rx for Your Broken Heart. It's a very good book. I highly recommend it. And everyone knows how picky I am. I am very picky. I get a pleasure of meeting so many wonderful people, either live or on the air. And currently, Dr. Um, Seth works with the Los Angeles County Department of Mental Health and the Administration of Children's Mental Health Program with a focus for the unique mental health needs of foster youth, which is, thank you so much. You are amazing. You do so many things. Thank you. <laughs> you really do. I mean, it's quite lovely. And, of course, if people wanted to ask questions and maybe they felt uncomfortable calling in, into the show, which I have clients who tell me, I used an alias, and I go, great. I think that's really great. <laughs> um, they can write into your blog because you do cover all kinds of topics. Right, and that's drsethblogspot.com. Yeah, it's quite lovely. So in the book, you also have tests, quizzes, um, and, and the quizzes are to help you figure out what the patterns are or if you're moving through them. Yes, yes, I love quizzes. I love where you get the reader. You know, you're not just, it's not just reading 300 pages. I think that's, that's, not, that's not super interesting, and it can be a little boring. So I do a lot of quizzes and exercises to get the reader involved so that it can really make them start thinking more about this stuff. Oh, I love it. In one of the questions in a quiz, you ask, are there any behaviors that you engage in that are bad for your health? If so, what plans have you made to stop engaging in this behavior? Really helpful because people may you know, identify with that, but then they don't do anything about it. Yeah, that's really true. Well, and another one of the questions that I ask in one of the quizzes that I use a lot um, with my clients is I will ask them, so what do you believe is the purpose, is the primary purpose of a romantic relationship? And let me tell you what, you will get all kinds of different answers um, to that same question. I think that's a phenomenal question because I do think that there are people who are desperately looking for partnership who maybe don't really want one. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times they, they don't really want one. A lot of times they want one for the wrong reasons mm. because their parents are constantly badgering them. So when are you getting married? <laughs> you know, there's so many different reasons. But but um, what I will say is this. If you are struggling in your romantic relationships, your answer to that question um, will be a little problematic. So what you believe is the primary purpose of a romantic relationship, um, the answer might be a little off. 
Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. And you have in the book that once you've identified your patterns, then you also need to do some grieving. Yeah, the grieving is one of the biggest parts, you know, and I suggest all different kinds of exercises. And one of them may sound a little nuts, but I actually think it works really well. And if you're somebody that you're you're deciding, I'm going to change the way I am in relationships, and I'm going to change the type of man that I'm attracted to, one of the one of the uh, visualization visualization exercises I suggest is um, actually taking yourself out to a cemetery, or you can do it as a visualization exercise from your own home. But I think it's easier if you actually do it in person. So what you do at a cemetery is you look up in the distance and you envision a tombstone, and you imagine that that tombstone represents your old self who you used to be in your old relationship. So let's say you used to take a lot of crap or you used to always be with guys who used to always put you off or always make you feel like you weren't good enough. So you take that old you and you envision that that tombstone reflects it and you mentally envision a burial process for it. It's a very helpful visualization. Wow, that's amazing. And I think that's important because that allows a separation from yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And not only, you know, does the book work on all of these important factors to get healthy so that you can attract the love that you want, it also um, helps you, guides you towards dating again and then moving into positive relationships and help you stay in that positive relationship. That's very good. Very, very exciting to have that piece. And Yeah, and I, and I really tell, and I really tell the reader, you know, uh, a lot of the book does focus on relationships, but, you know, a part of it is about it's about focusing on the other parts of your life because it's all related. So if you're, let's look at your career for a second. If you're unhappy in your career and you're struggling in this job that you feel like it's not you, you're just going through the motions, I don't think you could be that happy in any romantic relationship because the unhappiness in your career will bleed into um, how you feel about your relationship. So it's about improving all the main areas of your life so that you don't rely on any one area or any one man to make you that happy. Mm, Yeah, that's so important to be balanced in your life. Absolutely. And then you have a visualization for a new partnership. Yes. Yes. And, you know, affirmations, which you believe are really helpful so that people can magnetize and bring in that healthy partner. Yeah, there's really a lot of techniques that I think that, well, I know already I've heard from readers, um, many of them by email, that, um, you know, some of these exercises really made the difference for them so that when they were out at a restaurant or um, in some environment where they met it, where they met a new guy, they'd say, in the past, this was the kind of guy I would have gone for, but now I'm thinking about it more. Now I'm more aware of everything at the time. I love that. I love that. And you also point out in the book that it takes time to change. Yeah, boy, don't we wish that this was all, you know, it was like, a, you know, getting a, you know, a, a massage or going <laughs> to have some sort of minor surgery that you go in, it's a, it's a, you're in the hospital for a night, you come out the next day and you're repaired. <laughs> this, is, this is really a journey that people are on. And the book is a great way to start it. But one of the things that I encourage people to do is to talk more openly to your friends. Mm-hmm. And that's something that it is very easy to do. So start having some deeper conversations with your friends where you ask your friends, well, what do you really want out of life? What do you really want out of your relationship? Hmm. 
Yeah, I, and I think that's very fascinating because I know when my friends have asked me that, those type of questions in the past, I didn't know the answers. And it got me thinking. I mean, I was like uncomfortable, like, oh, my God, I don't even know the answers to these questions. So I think that's a fabulous idea, especially people who love you and know what you deserve. I, I think that's fabulous. Yeah, exactly. They're all, you know, the people around you are really your mental health specialists because you're right. They know you, they care about you, and they, you know, they usually have your best interests in mind. That is so lovely to say that your friends that care about you are your mental health specialists. That, that's really lovely. It's a lovely thing to say. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure interviewing you today, Dr. Seth. I love your book, Dr. Seth's Love Prescription, and people can find you on the blog. Um, and your website is? My website is Dr. Seth, which is drsethrelationshipexpert.com, all one word. Lovely. And you live in L.A., and when you're not blogging, writing, seeing patients, and visiting mental health communities, you are um, spending time with your family, exercising, cooking, and um, having a great time in your garden. Yes, and one day I'm gonna, I think I'm going to need to get some, uh, some energy work from you. <laughs> oh, it would, <laughs> it would be a pleasure and an honor. I would love that. <laughs> well, thank you, Marie, for having me. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome, and I look forward to talking to you again on the show in a future show. I think it would be really fun. Great. Well, take good care. You too. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So here we are in Seattle talking about love. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how we can improve our love life. Um, I think a big part of it, and of course, all of these exercises are leading in that direction, are about loving and honoring ourselves. You know, I think that sometimes we're afraid to be in loving relationships. And when I tell people when they're working on something, it doesn't have to be love. It could be a career. It could be health related. Um, It could be all kinds of things. And they're frustrated, you know, just very, very curious about uh, why things aren't working out. One of the first things that that comes to mind is maybe they're afraid to have a career that um, sings to their heart or a partner that's going to spoil them rotten and really reflect their innermost desires. And when I say that to clients, they generally look at me like a nuts, first and foremost. What is she talking about? But when I look at the human culture, it seems that many, many people are comfortable with the struggle. Like, well, I'm okay if I don't have exactly the right amount of money in my bank account or that I have, you know, balances on my credit cards or that my car needs a tune-up, but I don't have the time to take it in or that, you know, my friends aren't really there for me or my family and I don't get along. We seem to be more comfortable in the struggle versus um, the joy and pleasure of life. Hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I, I call it the human condition, so I, I I don't know the exact root. I probably should have asked Dr. Seth that question. He might have some great insight into that. Um, I think that we're just very comfortable with um, making things more challenging, and we have a hard time accepting great joy and pleasure in our lives. We make it, again, almost as, as if that part is uncomfortable. It's like we don't know what to do because if you're, if you're, you know, if everything's okay in your life and things are going really great, well, then what are you going to do? Hmm. Hmm. Relax. <laughs> I'd be happy to do that. Relax, volunteer, uh-huh. find creative pers- pursuits. Help somebody else for once. Help somebody else. Exactly. Imagine what our life would be like if we were comfortable with comfort. And, you know, we can look at parts of the world that seem to be to get better and better at that, you know, and then we look at other parts of the world that seem to continue to have challenges. Um, and then we can see some improvements in parts of the planet where things are really difficult. And I do think it has a lot to do with the energy in the soil. You know, when I look at 
our beautiful Middle East that's doing all kinds of interesting things right now, hopefully for the better health of everyone that lives in that part of the world, mm-hmm. there has been fighting and warring in that part of the world forever. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the energy is kind of pushed down into the soil and kind of verbiates up into the consciousness of the people that live there, making it more difficult to change um, belief systems. Hmm. So I think that's what happens maybe in relationships early on if we felt um, deprived or emotionally abandoned, then we may chase inner relationships more emotionally. And so we have to work at those core energies, those core feelings and um, make different choices. Yeah. Well, hopefully most relationships are having a better time than the Israel-Palestine thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for some people it feels that way for them, I'm right? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That it just seems to be a constant war. And in the book, too, um, Dr. Seth pointed out that, you know, our divorce rate is 50%, significant. Hmm. But apparent, and I, I had read this was true, I'd forgotten about it, and he put it in his book as well, is that second and third marriages, you know, they can have as much as a 50 or more percent um, disillusion rate as well. Hmm. So just because we marry second or third times doesn't mean that we've healed our patterns and that we really need to look at them. True enough. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So have you visited Boulder before? Have you been to that part of Colorado? Me? Right? Yeah. No. I've no. only, as far as Colorado goes, I've only been to Denver. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you, just the airport or did you actually hang out? No, I hung out. Cool. Yeah, Did I you spent like a week it? in there uh, several years ago. I liked it, but, you know, talk about funny weather. They have, like, every season within, like, 15 <laughs> minutes. It's true. It'll be the middle of summer, and it'll start snowing for no good reason. <laughs> for no good reason. <laughs> right. And then right. it'll be sunny again and nice, and, and then, you know, rain and it's yeah. You really get the gamut. Uh, of it's it, true. You know, spend, yeah, thunder spend showers. Yeah. yeah, spend a day, and it's warm, cold, rainy, and you got to mm-hmm. run for cover. Yeah, right. it's yeah. lovely. But it, it was a, it was a nice place. Right? Yeah, Boulder reminded me of Portland quite a bit. You know, the people seem really laid back. There's three Whole Foods grocery stores in Boulder alone, not to mention the other health food type stores, uh-huh. um, and um, lots of youth. You know, young people in their thirties um, really enjoying. A, their lives. So yeah, I, I right found on. that to be fascinating. So, um, you know, we're getting ready for boot camp for the soul Tuesday coming up. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. So we'll be talking about exercises, of course, for that. And now are we, we're, are the last exercise I seem to recall was that we're using our own intuition. Is that correct? That we're is correct. Okay. Yeah. We are using our own intuition. Right. So I'll give my guidance. Of course. I felt that intuitively that that was right. You are so smart. Thank you. <laughs> so how you, how have you been doing on your guidance? I've been doing okay, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, you look happier to me. Things seem to be going well in your life. I'm uh, happy for you. Yeah they're, yeah, they're going all right. See, even we have a hard time admitting it when things are going great. <laughs> well, because there's always something where you wouldn't mind tweaking it just a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. You never know. Right. Well, why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines and answer a phone call? Okay, very good. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's talk to, uh, we've got Marjorie on the line calling from, well, Seattle. All right. Hi, Marjorie. How are you? Good. Hi, Marie. Hi. Hey, you had um, seen a friend of mine. She had an appointment with you. Uh-huh. And you had told her that she was an oracle. Mm. And I you want to know, know what an oracle is? I want more, yeah, in-depth. <laughs> Okay, okay. What is that? Well, you know, I don't use that word very often. It's I think it's a highly sacred word. And it's interesting because Oracle is, is someone who reads or passes on information. But for me, it has a slightly different reference point. 
So when I say that someone's an oracle, first of all, they rarely know that they are. They're uh-huh. like, look at me like I'm nuts. You know? <laughs> I'm sure the response you got from her. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I won't remember because I don't remember the people that I see for the most part. Right. Um, after they leave my office, you know, I get my mind wiped clear, <laughs> which is great if you want to keep your session private because I won't remember a detail of it, most likely. Um, and of course, I would keep it private. So have you? did you ever see the movie Matrix before? It is not. So, and and of course, if Eric were back in the, I think, is that a Hicks movie? No, no, no. It's actually a real. It was actually a three series, a trilogy about um, being in reality, getting out of the fake illusion of life, and being in the real illusion of life, which wasn't as we could say pleasant as the, as the illusion that most people live. That's basically the movie in a nutshell. And in the movie, there was a woman who was considered an oracle. And an oracle is a person who passes on very divine, very heartfelt, very God-like energy information that sometimes is hard to decipher. So in the movie, The Matrix, there was this lovely woman who said things almost like a riddle and people would travel long distances and through dimensions because she lived in the real reality, not the fake one. And they would go and stand in her kitchen and eat cookies and um, just kind of chill. And she would just have this incredible wisdom come from her that was kind of confusing, perhaps initially, but it would always come out true. So oracles, with without them even recognizing it, they have the ability to pass on very deep, very powerful, very future type thinking information. Most of the time, they don't have a lot of awareness of it. It's like they're, if, if they come, you know, they do need to have a sense of sacredness to really allow themselves to have the connection as most readers do. And then if you ask them a question, you want to just sit back and quietly let their mouth unravel a whole bunch of stuff that they may not even understand themselves and your job is to just hold on to it and put it into your body even write it down if you need to or record it because it's going to be meaningful and transformational in the future Interesting. Mm-hmm. okay so have, have you ever had an experience with your friend that way where she said things and she's funny she's got an interesting sense of humor I, and i don't remember her but that's just what i'm picking up on her right Very now funny. Yeah. yeah she's funny i love her sense of humor but um <laughs> I mean, because she always makes me laugh. Right. Um, but no, and, and I keep... So, so here's what I'm suggesting, because I think when she's in her humor, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have to be to have that oracle-type moment in her life. But again, oracles usually don't know that they're oracles, because they think that they're just kind of BSing. That's what they feel like. They don't recognize that they have this ability to really tra- you know, transport information. So the next time she's being funny... Don't brush it off. Really, you know, and don't tell her this because she will probably get self-conscious and disconnect. She's probably right? listening, though. Oh, she's listening. Okay. Probably. Okay. Well, then you're, you're just going to have to kind of do it on the QT, all right? And and um, maybe take a piece of paper with you and, uh-huh. and go ahead and chart down, chart down, but write down, you know, later what she said, but really pay attention because it's probably in that free-flowing style humor of hers, that she will say things that are very profound for you and very important. And and then when, if that indeed happens, let her know later, because that will help her to have confidence in this oracle. Okay. And you had once told me, you know, in a a past conversation that we had had, um, that I was really powerful. You you Mm -hmm. just sort of like put it out there in, in, and I was just like 
dumbfounded. <laughs> and I, was, I didn't know what to say or what to do. And I, I've been thinking about it. I mean, it was like a couple months ago. And how does it feel? I mean, how does it feel for you? Does well, that feel well, true? I, it was a couple weeks after you said that, um, I found out that I was a master number because I went to a oh, neurology thing. Wow, yeah. And so then I read about that. Uh-huh. But it's like I wanted to know what you meant by it or what, what where where is the power? What's the uh-huh. power? Okay, so when when I say something about someone, I may not know exactly uh-huh. what specifically that means. What it means to me when I look at you is that your energy, your auric field is quite large. You have quite a bit of energy. It's an it's a impression for me that you can do a lot of things. You can accomplish a lot of things. That you're very powerful. I think what would be important for you, because you don't seem comfortable with that word, is to reflect on it. What do you think power means? If you are indeed powerful, how would you like to use your power? Because true power is about being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's about really having um, a depth of awareness, I think, and the ability to move in directions in powerful, productive ways. And so, you know, now you have that word. You've gotten a couple messages that are validating that, actually. Right. right. I, and, and I have done that. I have. You know, like I said, uh-huh. this was a couple months ago that you said yeah. this, and I have been reflecting on that. Uh-huh. And what it means to me is is what I would like to see is being able to affect change. Great. That takes a lot of power. I think that's fantastic. So now you have to think about how would you like to affect change. Right. And you want to go from a felt feeling about it. And what I always encourage people is that when you're making decisions about your life, particularly careers, you want to choose something that brings you a lot of joy. Which is why I'm not working, because I can't find Good. it. Good. Okay. So I would <laughs> so do some... That's frustrating me, but... But it sounds like, I... like you're on the right track. I would do some meditation on the word power in about joyful careers or joyful life living. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe career and work are words that actually are not positive for you. And, and especially when you're powerful, when you connect to an energy that you don't like... You can push it away because your energy is so strong. So you want to use language and um, feelings that actually resonate with you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Those were great questions. And I hope you have fun with your Oracle friend. I can't wait to hear any, um, you know, any reports about what happens in the future. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I just love all the the wisdom and the help that you give. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've had a wonderful day so far in Seattle and wherever you are in the world and wishing you great joy until next week. Joyful blessings. Have you ever wondered who you were in a past life or what you did exactly, how your life even ended? Did you know that your past lives play a pivotal role in who you are today? Come learn about your past lives at my Past Life Integration Workshop, Saturday, July 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott on Lake Union. All of these situations don't have to replay in your current lifetime. During this day-long interactive workshop, I will share my interpretation of your past lives and offer healing techniques to serve as a catalyst for positive change in this lifetime. Sign up online at energyintuitive.com or call my office at 425-425-5671 to register. See you there.